0: Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer, so if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there you can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership so it's everything you want in just one podcast download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started i did what are you waiting for hey guys it's heaven from just a girl and true crime and tonight we're going to be talking about the disappearance of a list attorney now Most people probably have heard of this case. I've heard it from Morbid, and I was instantly hooked for some reason, because it's such a crazy story. Um, they didn't go into too much detail, and I'm not going into a deep dive like I would do on my normal cases, even though it's Wednesday, like, this will be uploaded Wednesday. Um i'm actually a day ahead so i'm getting there it's getting better everyone was sleeping in my house since like 8 30 so i figured uh why not make a podcast why not do my notes for the podcast and just pre-record it you know anyway um at the end i'll tell you where you can listen to it but i kind of just want to hop right into it like i said it's a very intriguing story to me how crazy it is and How long it almost went. How long it went on for basically. um, And not being able to like find anything. So let's hop right to it. So in 2001, Alyssa Turney was a 17 year old junior in high school. Living with her stepdad Michael Turney and her stepsister Sarah Turney. Alyssa's mother had passed away. And Michael's older three boys were living out of the house at that time. But each of the girls had a very different relationship with their dad. Um, Michael was a cool, laid-back dad with Sarah. But with Alyssa, he was more of an uptight and strict and he monitored her whereabouts like everywhere she went, which is crazy. He told Sarah he did this because Alyssa needed more guidance and direction in life. Tensions between Alyssa and her stepfather were always high. On May 17th in 2001 was the last day of school before summer break, and Michael failed to show up at sarah's school to pick her up and she ended up having to walk to a friend's house and had to wait for him there which like how do you forget to pick up your daughter at the last day of school like come on um sometime between four between like four and five p.m he arrived to pick sarah up and informed sarah that Alyssa was missing and on the way home Sarah tried to use her father's phone to see if she could contact Alyssa, but they didn't reach her and everything. Um, When they arrived back at their house, Michael and Sarah checked Alyssa's bedroom where they found the contents of Alyssa's backpack scattered on her bed and her cell phone on top of her dresser next to a note. And I'm going to read you what the note said. The note read this Dad and Sarah, when you dropped me off at school today, I decided I really am going to California. Sarah, you said you really wanted me gone. Now you have it. Dad, I took $300 from you. That's why I saved my money. Now, remember that clue because I'm going to circle back to it because it just didn't make sense and it still really doesn't and it left a lot of people like huh so uh, this wasn't a real surprise to Sarah at first because Alyssa actually did have an aunt um who lived in California and she really did talk about living with them since she was not getting along with her father at all that night her dad michael who used to be a cop himself called a called the police to report Alyssa as a runaway police opened a missing missing persons file but no investigation or follow-up was done as Michael did claim she was a runaway and that he knew her location was in California. Just a week after Alyssa's disappearance, Michael told the police he received a call from her early in the morning where she blamed him as the reason she left. During the years after her disappearance, Michael started telling the family and others close to Alyssa ...that he thought something terrible had happened to her. He believed someone might have been following her or caused her harm. Since the police weren't doing anything, Michael decided to take it in his hands and decided to search for her himself. Okay, we're just going to let that sink in real quick. He even would take trips to California... To search and pass out missing person flyers of Alyssa. And now we're going to jump to 2006. Like I said, I didn't want to go through the whole depth. Um, so I just browsed what I wanted to say on this episode tonight. I actually wanted to do this for a little bit, but... I don't know. I was iffy, but I decided, well, let me do it. So in 2006, several years after... Alyssa disappeared the police got a lead from a man named Thomas Heimer and he was actually serving time in prison for murder and he ended up sending police a letter confessing that he killed Alyssa but eventually the police learned it was just a hoax and during their investigation of Alyssa missing they just noticed like things weren't adding up like things weren't making sense In the seven years since she went missing, she had not contacted any of her family, like none of the brothers, not Sarah, and nobody like from her mom's side. And this included the aunt she was supposed to go live with, who was in California. You would think if she went to stay with this aunt in California, she would have reached out to her Brothers or even her dad or sister saying, hey, I made it to California and I'm safe. But she never reached out to anybody, which is very, very weird. Like, what? So, remember how I said in the note that she said, dad, I took $300 from you. That's why I was saving my money. Okay, and now we're going to circle back to it because... There was $1,800 in her bank account, and it was still there and untouched. Why would she need to steal $300 from her her dad if she had $1,800 in her own bank account? That doesn't make sense either. So you could see why the police were like, okay, things are just weird. Like, you say she stole money from you, but she had money in her account. Why wouldn't she just use the money from her account because she did work at a jack in a box? Um her social security number was never used, meaning she never got a job or even went back to school and she was in her junior year. So she had one more year to go. Why wouldn't she have just if she was in California, why would she shouldn't why wouldn't she have just ...finished senior year in California. And that's another thing that's odd. Um, eventually the police realized that this really wasn't a runaway case because the things weren't adding up. Like, it- things stuck out just like when I listened to it, I was like, okay, that's weird. Like, what? Um, police learned also that the day she went missing... She wasn't in school for that entire day. Michael had picked her up early near lunchtime, which was confirmed by her boyfriend John, who said she who said she was leaving early, but she would see him later that evening at an end-of-the-year party, and she also told many friends that she would see them later because the school had some, like, you know, end-of-the-year bash, which is cool, because I don't remember my school ever doing that. Hey, more power to them. So, her dad's version of the story was he picked her up to get lunch, and then they got home, they ended up getting into a big argument about house rules, which ended up with her storming off to her room and then he left to go run errands so you picked her up early you went to lunch you got into a fight if you were already out how did you forget to pick up your youngest daughter at school when you know what time she gets off see things don't make sense um police discovered that mike was a i'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong Ligonous and paranoid man and I'm about to tell you why. He documented every incoming and in, incoming and outcoming call to the house and he had cameras placed outside his properties, his property. I I mean if you didn't live in a good area I could see the cameras outside if you've had people like trying to steal or something like that I can get that because when I was growing up and I lived in a trailer my dad um they actually had cameras just I don't know why they had cameras but they had cameras outside of the trailer and it was it was weird you know now that I think about it it was like we didn't live in a bad area but he still had them so like I get the cameras placed outside but to record incoming and outcoming calls that that just seems a little weird to me and very absurd but it gets it gets worse um there was even a camera in the living room vent which what an invasion of privacy but that wasn't the only place he had a camera he also had cameras in Alyssa's bedroom in, like, her vent. And, like, when she would invite friends to come over, they would be like, is that a camera? And she would be like, oh, yeah. Like, in your 17-year-old daughter's bedroom, why do you need a camera in her room? She's 17 years old. That's gross. I mean, that's, ew. I, I could never. I don't even like walking in on my boys and they're little but I mean or like the bathroom when my oldest is getting dressed like I'll knock and be like are you done I don't just barge in and he's little that's just weird to me okay so police asked for the videotapes of the day Alyssa disappeared and Michael told them that he already reviewed them and there was nothing else to see. They also asked for the audio tapes that day, but he told them the recorder had been off that day, so nothing was recorded. How convenient. You're telling me you kept these cameras up and recorded phone calls and everything all the time, all day, every day for 24-7, and all of a sudden your oldest daughter goes missing and then you're gonna tell the police oh yeah I look through them I mean suspicious. come on that just makes you look guilty and it probably doesn't help that he was a cop either before so he probably knew how to get rid of evidence and did that and it was like yeah you don't need to see that I already looked through them and Nothing, no calls being recorded coming in and out. Come on, like I said, how convenient. That's mind-boggling. I lost, okay. Um, Letters were also found that Alyssa claimed to have been molested by Michael. And contracts were found where Alyssa signed that she never had been sexually assaulted. One, I have such a huge problem with this. Why are you making your daughter sign contracts saying that she has never been sexually assaulted? That makes you look guilty because if you never did anything to her, great, that's good. That's a good thing. You should never touch a child. Um, But for you to make her sign things saying that never happened, it definitely makes you seem guilty because it's like well what are you afraid she's gonna say um and stuff like that but friends teachers and her boyfriend confirmed about hearing about these allegations so she was telling them like you know he's doing stuff to me and they and she expressed concern to them And everything like that. So that's just heartbreaking. And I I just can't even imagine. I mean, I've gone through it. I'm not going to get into my personal life about it. But being sexually assaulted is no joke. And, you know, like a lot of people say, well, why didn't you go to the police? Why couldn't you tell somebody I think a lot of people, what they don't understand, if you've never been in that position, it's a type of um, fear or not, not necess- It's pop maybe fear for yourself, but um, controlling where your abuser has control over you, and you know sometimes they can threaten you, and you're just like, well, who's gonna believe me if? a person's talking bad about you, so I definitely get that if she was sexually assaulted, which I believe she was, because, um, when I listened to a podcast, and I'm gonna swing back to it later, um, when she was young, and, you know, her mom, since her mom passed away, like I said, um... Her dad started dating one of her teachers and she, like, came out and was like, uh, like, me and my dad have sex or whatever. And, you know, her teacher was just like, oh, you shouldn't say that it can get him in trouble or something along them lines. Like, one, as a, at her elementary school teacher, you should have reported that to the authorities. No young child is going to just come out of the blue and say that their dad is having sex with her. I'm sorry. And then there's a, another incident where um, there's somewhere, I want to say they're camping. And, um, you know, how he records everything. She tells her, Alyssa tells her sister, hey, Sarah dad's a pervert. So, I mean, when you hear that, it's just like, okay, stuff did happen, but like, as a child, you just, you're supposed to trust the people who raise you and stuff like that. And when a parent or a step-parent or a friend or another family member or just somebody outside the home does that you know it makes um i feel like it makes her personally from an experience for me it makes your self-confidence go down you feel like you can't trust anybody and you know maybe that's what she felt like she couldn't trust adults around her and that's why she confided in friends teachers and her boyfriend and that's just sad. Um, so that actually is where I'm gonna leave you with that. Sorry for the rant. Um, but I have a couple more things I want to say. So to this day, Alyssa's body still has not been found. And like I said, I didn't go into a deep dive because her sister, Sarah Turney... Did a whole podcast about Alyssa's disappearance. Um, and it is so amazing. It's called... It is called... I wrote it down on my... It's called Voices for Justice. And it's all these episodes where she has, like... Where she records, like, talking to her dad. And things that he said to police. And, like, I want to say social workers... And the teacher and the camping thing, I actually just pulled that. It's not even in my notes. I just pulled it from my brain and put it in here. Um, But it is such a good episode. She goes into, like, a whole deep dive about the family, like, Alyssa's real dad, her mom, like, what happened to her mom, um, and everything like that, and how... It is just great, and when I heard this case on Morbid, and they said they weren't going to go into a deep dive because they just didn't feel comfortable or something like that, or felt like, it not maybe not comfortable, like it just wasn't their story, because Sarah did a podcast, and then when they said, oh, go check it out, I literally stopped listening to Morbid for like a week straight, and I just listened at my desk. Um, to Voices for Justice, and it was so good, and everything like that, and I I loved it. It was such an amazing podcast. I think it was very well done. And on this note, um, she'll actually go into more depth of her father and stuff like that. That, one, I didn't want to make this case about Michael... I wanted to bring this case about, you know, where is Alyssa? You know, some people might think maybe she did go to California. And you have to sit here and like you look at the facts. And I'm not just saying, oh yeah, because I listened to her sister's podcast. No, I mean, you actually have to look at the facts, the money, him not letting them see the video recording or listening or having the auto being shut off like the recorder and the vents in her bedroom and the vent in the living room and stuff like that like you monitored all of this stuff and you made her sign contracts saying that she wasn't sexually assaulted to me that is definitely a guilty person because you wouldn't go that far to cover your tracks if your daughter was missing, you would probably doing everything you can to help find her and you know bring her back home. But instead, you you tried to make he tried to make these things up, saying and quoting Sarah's podcast again. Um, when he would call, I wanna, I don't remember who he called, but he said. You know, she might try to make up some stuff that I sexually assaulted her and I just want to let you know it's not true. That shouldn't be in your mind. If you know in your heart that you didn't do anything, that shouldn't even be in your mind that she would try to say something. Like I said, he is just trying to cover up his tracks. And him being a cop before probably helped a lot for him to get away with this for almost 20 years. And nobody knows where her body is it was never been found and no and everybody's shocked because she was picked up from school he was the last person to see her you got into a fight i mean if you look at the facts it's there but you know some people might be like you know we don't know what happened and i don't know who thinks michael's innocent i'll be honest because i don't um i've you know i watch a lot of facebook videos on true crime with kendall ray and bailey and kendall ray did a mini like true crime episode about this and that's when i was first hooked and i decided to go into it and i was like wow this is crazy and then when i got into listening to podcasts at work morbid did one and then I listened to Sarah's podcast and it is it was just so good because it was just like wow it's crazy um and police didn't even think things were adding up and they recognized this wasn't a runaway but cuz now I'm just ranting but it's a good case and if you don't know it I encourage you to listen to Voices for justice, and everything, because it does shed a lot of light on the family, on all the events leading up to her disappearance, and even after her disappearance, a little bit, I believe. But the last thing I will leave you on, on August 21st in 2020, Michael Turney had been Officially arrested for the disappearance of Alyssa Turney. I might say this county attorney's office name, and I apologize, Arizona. The Maricopa County Attorney's Office announced second-degree murder charges against him in a press conference. And, you know... I think it's so amazing that Sarah got justice for her sister because she was really pushing the issue of, like, okay, you know, he had to have done something. He had to have did something because you were the last one to see her. And I think it's so amazing that she went out and pushed and pushed and pushed And she got it through, and like I'm gonna quote her when she said on Twitter, It took almost 20 years, but we did it. And he, as far as I know, I haven't looked up in the case, he is in prison, you know, for the second degree murder, second degree murder charges against. Him for the disappearance of Alyssa. Anyway, guys, sorry for ranting, but I hope you enjoyed this mini-podcast. Not mini-podcast. Minnesota, because that's what I'm going to call it. I'm not going to call it a mini-episode. I'm going to call it a Minnesota. And I will be seeing you guys Friday or Saturday. I was going to do Charles Manson, um, but I don't know... If I'm going to do that, I have another uh, story that I actually saw on my true crime, face on my Facebook that popped up like someone shared about this guy that I think it's crazy, it's going to blow your mind. I try to do new, new cases that, you know, I haven't heard or that aren't near me and stuff like that so i don't know i might do charles manson i might do somebody else but i definitely will get to charles manson anyway guys thank you for listening to me if you would like to follow me follow me on instagram at just a girl in true crime or if you'd like to send me an email send it to just a girl in true crime at gmail.com thank you for listening and Please share, tell your friends, yeah. and rate my podcast. I only get better mm. if you guys tell me or like criticize mm. me, going, hey, you could do this a little better. Please, please. Mm. I might be sensitive, but I will take it constructively, constructive criticism and everything. As long as you're not mean to be like, oh, well, your podcast just sucks because mm. that would just be rude. That'd be rude to me. I'd be like, wow, why am I doing this? But anyway, guys, and I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming on this journey. Thank you for all the people who have listened. I hope you are telling your friends and your family. And you can help get Just a grown True Crime podcast out there. And I will see or hear, talk to you guys Friday or Saturday.